Legacy League. Tell me what will your legacy be? All right, the summer is winding down. And with that, the Legacy League season has also wound down. It's a sad time of the year for people that love eight-foot rim basketball leagues like myself. Uh, but the Low Post podcast is here one more time this year. So I'm Dan Ruggiero. My co-host is PJ Thomas. And we're joined by another special guest who is going to help us talk about all these events from the last few weeks and then also make a few announcements of their own. So why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself to the crowd? What's going on, guys? Gino Forty, multi-year Legacy League. I'm the Rhode Island Werewolves. Um, I will start off real quick. Announcement that's a little bit hard to make for all those Legacy League fans out there. Uh, one of the OG teams, Rhode Island Werewolves, we are uh, putting in our ticket, punching it in, hanging up the jerseys, tossing the shoes in the rafters. I think this is going to be it for the Werewolves after this finals loss. It's not really what did us in, but it was kind of like a, uh, you know, let's have a last run at it, see where it goes. If we win, we're done. If we lose, we're done. We'll see how it happens. But kind of our main thing that we've been ro- rocking with for the whole time in the Legacy Leagues was playing with our boys. A lot of our boys are moving away. Can't really get the numbers. As a lot of people saw this year, we were playing with like four or five guys all season. So it was pretty tough to get the numbers, and that's kind of it. So make the announcement right away. It's definitely a tough thing. I mean, you look at it, you guys were one of, I think it was three of the remaining original franchises, long storied history. You finally get back to the finals after, you know, uh, overtime semifinals win that we're not really going to get too much into this week, but it's definitely tough. The inevitable trudge of, of life, like life goes on and legacy leagues is just temporary, but you know, the, uh, the history that you guys have etched is forever. I'd say, Peter, do you have any comments about them? No, I mean, we, uh, had that one week we talked about teams that should be inducted into the hall of fame, as opposed to players. I would say the werewolves being one of the OG teams is one of those, especially like guys like Brian Gino who've hit that thousand point mark. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a pleasure playing against you guys. I remember the first week we shit talked to you guys on social media and actually <laughs> since then we've become pretty much boys with, with you guys. And so it's really been fun uh, hashing it out on the court, but um, you know, wish you guys the best if you ever come back, um, you know, we'll, we'll be there to welcome you. So um, hopefully we stick around for a little bit longer because I, I think our bodies are starting to get old too. But, um, you know, yeah, it's been great playing with you guys and uh, I wish you the best for what's to come. Yeah, appreciate it. You were talking about that finals game and you say that's kind of like the last dance. It's not what did you win, but, but I think we didn't do our recap after the finals because you know they did a post game show you don't want to dilute the market too much of a good thing but let's spend some a few minutes now talking about that finals final score 72 to 50 it was a lot closer when you guys played in the regular season and it was a lot closer of a, of a game you guys even had a lead and then jose showed up so i want to know like it seemed like that kind of took the life out of you like you guys were playing really well from the start getting some shots, getting out in transition. And then it just seemed like the kind of like the brakes fell off a little bit. So like what kind of happened around that, like end of the first beginning of the second quarter for you guys? I mean, honestly, I like, it wasn't, we knew Jose was coming. I honestly don't think there was a doubt in any of our minds that he was going, going to show up. We had known prior to that, that it, he was kind of like spotty. He wasn't even like hitting up uh, Cody or anyone saying like, Oh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. He would just show up. Um, so I think, I think the fact that we knew he was coming, no matter what we wanted to get on a jump early, 
and kind of what was happening was I think it was it was really it was just Brian and Sam were just hitting difficult shots early, which is why we were able to get up. Um, and it kind of just brought a lot of energy back on the defensive end because we could kind of maybe not use go 100 percent on offense, whereas we would be able to get back. That was like kind of our point of interest was like if they like to run, they like to build up momentum and then they're gone. But after that, so you have to play a super fast pace. You can't really slow them down because they're so big, but you have to be the first ones back on defense and the first ones up on offense. And at the beginning of that first quarter, I think we were doing a pretty good job of that. We were getting back. We were stopping them short at the top of the key. Um, and then Jose got there, made a couple of baskets and momentum shifted. And it was just so hard to get back from that. And then the one thing I think of is like, I mean, Nuri said in the post-game show, because he spent a lot of time with, I think he was there for the whole show with them. And he was saying that, like, he thought you guys were one-two punch. I remember I had set the uh, the prop betting line at uh, over under two and a half for players to be in double figures. And I think it ended up with, you had Brian and Sam both over 20 points. And then you had Joe finish with like nine points, I think it was. So that was really close. But they were basically saying they thought you guys were kind of like the one-two punch and... I had even mentioned it watching the live stream. I think it took until the third quarter for somebody not named Brian or Sam to score a point for you guys. So, I mean, it's definitely attendance wise. You were saying like, it's tough to get guys to show up. Do you think that not having as many guys and then also like not getting open or not making as many shots for those other guys is something that kind of did you in, or do you think it kind of falls on? I mean, I don't want to say, does it fall on Brian and Sam? Cause you don't want to put it on anybody's shoulders. But... No, I know what you mean though. I, th- I think kind of the biggest, the biggest thing, and it's kind of been the thing all year and it's been leading up. It's been gradually building up to it more is that Brian's been Brian. And then whoever that second guy is like the first couple of seasons, I was able to be a second guy, but once the league started getting better, like to be completely honest, like I played basketball all my life, but I mean, the league, the talent gets better. The defense gets better. The offense gets better. And honestly, like scoring wise, I fell off three seasons ago. We needed another guy we picked up Dave. Dave was able to be that second guy. I was able to kind of sit and do my thing um, and score when it, score whenever I was needed. But then as this year rolled around, we didn't really have like, I'm only getting older. I play once a week. I shoot 10 shots a week. Like I can't hit to the extent that I used to when I was fresh out of high school, 100 shots a day, then we really don't have anybody like that that's going to score. So we needed to pick up Sam. We got Sam. And honestly, when they're off, it's just tougher now for us to be able to pick up that slack. So I don't necessarily say like, oh, when it has to be because Brian and Sam need to go off. Like we still need to pick up our job and kind of take care of business, whether it's making passes or making stops on defense and hitting our wide open shots, but we just weren't doing that. Um, So it just kind of made it tough going into the finals, especially against a team that can make you pay off transition in a matter of a 10 point swing in 30 seconds. It was a tough one. And then you're saying you're hanging it up. But last year, we saw the Ozone boys after they got bounced in the playoffs saying they were hanging it up. They inevitably came back. I know there's probably a lot of factors at play. They're they're younger guys. I think they're maybe like two or three years younger than us. Yeah. Is there anything that that would happen 
that could lead you guys to reverse your decision? Because, I mean, obviously, like, the talent of the league keeps going up every year, but I don't think there is is Legacy League's basketball without the werewolves. Um, we have – we've discussed, like, what, what would bring us back. I mean, you, you got to take into consideration, like, the league ain't cheap. It's really not. It's so fun. And it, I think it's been worth it every single season. But it's not cheap. The werewolves, the teams that have been in here from the start have spent over $1,000 each player probably um, just playing in the league. So that takes a toll on you, to be honest. Um, but we talked about a couple factors. Honestly, that wasn't really a factor. Um, the biggest one would be if, if Dave somehow were to switch jobs, get a Rhode Island job or something, and we could play with Dave again. Because Dave was someone who we grew up playing against from a situation against a rivalry we built like a friendly relationship with him throughout that time and only being able to play with him especially for brian where it was like brian and dave went at it in high school so then being able to mold their play styles together to try and win games and then get to a championship i think that was like it was just so fun. That season was super, super fun. And this season was really good with Sam too. But then we add Dave to that one-two punch, as you were saying, of Sam and Brian. I think we could really be a good contender while keeping that same core and keeping the same values that us as the werewolves have had all these years. Love that. I don't know. I'm having a hard time in my head trying to rack, like at least in your guys' opinion, would the winter 19 19- finals loss or would this finals loss be a little bit more like shaking for you guys I think uh I I think the first one was a little bit more uh it hurt a little bit more I think it was because like I mean we get Dave Dave's nasty we're doing we're winning games for the final we have our first like real like like Cody, Cody was saying at the end of this, this one, he was like running around at the end being like, Cinderella story's over, Cinderella story's over. It really wasn't a Cinderella story as much as the first one was. The first one was like a real like Cinderella story. It was like, it was like, not that we didn't deserve to be there, but we're just like this team of just like a bunch of friends who just like come out and play. And we just make memes on our Twitter and Instagram account. And then we, show up to the finals we play lob city and we take them to double overtime i think it was but that one hurt a little bit more because you know like there were there are a lot of like what ifs in that game um especially in that postseason where it was like i think we definitely could have had them um whereas like after our after our game the other day you know me and brian and uh ganser we were sitting in the car and we were like honestly like once we lost that, like we're trying, we're literally just trying to think of like one thing that we could have done where like we could have turned tides around. And like, honestly, like we were in it most of the time because Brian and Sam were hitting very difficult shots. So, I mean, there really wasn't much we could have done. They were just massive. Um, We didn't match up really well size wise. They were making Brian work and Brian get tired um, on the, on the glass. And there really wasn't much we could do. So I definitely said the first one hurt more. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lessons to take away from it. But, I mean, we don't want to dwell too much on the finals. We're going to talk more about what happened this week. And you guys were both judges for the dunk contest. You guys were both present for All-Star Night. So I think we start with the dunk contest. We had Terrence Gallo winning his second straight dunk contest championship. I don't know 
was he in the dunk contest our first season pj he might have been um but i like what you said to me when i called you this morning about the three guarantees in life uh if you want to give that spiel again because i thought that was great yeah there's three guarantees there are death taxes and terrence gallo winning the dunk contest (laughs) he like weirdly has bunnies and i don't quite understand it because he's a little guy but you know, just some of the things that that kid can do above the rim is pretty crazy. Um, Terrence is a cool kid. I'm, I'm really happy he was able to win it, but it was kind of, uh, it, was, it was pretty easy to see who was going to win that dunk contest. I mean, you knew Terrence was easily the favorite going into it. So uh, first dunk, tapping the top of the glass and then throwing it down was pretty cool. And then, you know, when, uh, when Gian screwed the throw up on the last one and then he still was able to windmill dunk it, like we were like, screw it. Yeah, he wins that one for that. So um, I think everyone was pretty happy with the result of that. Everyone kind of knew Terrence was going to, was going to win it, but um, I wish Zach showed up to the dunk contest and to all-star night, because I would have liked to see Zach. Zach hasn't won the dunk contest yet, but he's always had some pretty good dunks that he's pulled out. So I would have liked to see what he did. Cause I think this year he, he got his legs back after a year of rest, being able uh, to rest on those ankles. You know, I think he, uh, he had his legs back and he would have been able to do some cool stuff and maybe give Terrence a run, but. You know, overall, it's pretty cool to watch, cool to judge. So I'm, I'm hoping to do that again. Were there four judges or were there three? Four. Four. How did the backboard dunk not get a 40? I, I gave him a 10. I didn't. I gave him a nine. And I, I actually said that to Brian. We, we went to and from together. And I said on the way back, and I was like, I think the one, one score I messed up on was that. And I don't know why I, gave it to, I was, but my, when I was judging for every dunk, I was trying to picture each contestant doing that same dunk to the level of difficulty. Like, can this guy also do this? And that's how I would rank it. If he couldn't, I'd give it nine, 10. I don't know why I had that like mind, that slight bit of doubt that somebody else might've been able to get up the way he did and touch that ball, like literally in the top fourth of the back of the backboard but i gave him nine for it and i regret it i literally wish i wish i gave him a 10 i said it right after it. i don't think you were the only one that gave him a nine though i think there was no i wasn't nine. yeah um, but you know i think the free throw line dunk was pretty cool um and then the one where gian G- screwed up the throw was really cool just because he made something out of nothing which was kind of cool right. to see but um no i mean he he kind of walked away with it i don't think to be honest with you, I think Jaron was the biggest disappointment of the dunk contest. Um, he did the same dunk twice. And so yeah. we gave yeah, him that one hurt. Yeah, we his second score, we gave him like a t- something in the twenties, but we were like, dude, you just did the same dunk two times, you know, like it right. and you can fly. So we were a little confused about that. But Spence actually did a pretty good job. He jumped over the ball rack. If he didn't hit his feet on the ball rack, he honestly probably would have gotten a 40 because he flew. I think he would have got he did I a 360 over it. Yep. If he didn't, if he didn't touch his toes on that, it would have been cool. I think if Gian didn't, uh, you know, touch Haji when he was trying to jump over him, yep. uh, he would have gotten a 40 there. So there could have been some competitors, but you know, Terrence went simple, kind of just did what, what he could do within his, uh, his abilities and, uh, you know, worked out for him. I think it was a good one though. I mean, honestly, like the past dunk contests we've had, I can like picture, I don't remember what exact year, I've watched a couple of them and some of them have just been complete duds. Like nobody knows what to do out there. It could have been people that can jump insanely high and can dunk really well, 
but they go out for a dunk contest and then they get there with no practice or no idea what they're going to do. And they're like, all right, I'm just going to maybe do like a windmill or something. Um, but it looked like these guys put a lot of thought into some of the dunks that they were doing. Right. Yeah. It was definitely one of the more enjoyable ones that I've seen, even not even watching it live, like just watching it on Snapchat. I was like, Oh, these are crazy. But going to the three point contests, uh, Jared wins his, I think his third three point contest. I think the only one he hasn't won was the one that Joey won two years ago. But I mean, there's not much really you can give as analysis for a three point contest. It's just who made more shots than the other one. But the one thing I will say, Cody having only six points in the first round definitely surprised me. He's been off this year shooting the ball. I don't quite know the reasoning behind it, but he has not been himself shooting this year. You saw it in the all-star game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, he has just not been the Cody Crawford of old. I think he's just getting older and his shots uh, starting to get a little bit, not lazy, but it's just like changing with age. And he's not, you know, the same Cody that we remember, you know, hitting nine threes a game against us. So yeah. Um, I will say a big surprise, though, was Hachi in the three-point contest. I know he didn't win, but he only lost by a point to Jared hitting the last second uh, money ball. So, um, and you know, I think we'll talk about him a little bit more later on. But um, those two definitely surprised me. Jared Hansen doing well didn't surprise me because he's always done well in the dunk contests. But, um, you know, it was kind of cool that it was like a buzzer beater to win the, to win the whole thing. Yeah, I uh... – the one thing about Cody is like he, I mean, he still has his games. Like, and like you were saying, I mean, it's just not the same beast anymore. But when he's in that three point contest, I think every time I've seen him in that three point contest, I don't think he's made it to the second round once. And I, and I talked to him after and he was saying that like every time he's in a three point contest, he just can't, he can't hit because he's not in flow. He's not like catching a pass. Like, there's just, I mean, there's just some people who are like that. You need a specific type of game. It's specific specific type of feel for them to hit shots so I mean it didn't necessarily surprise me that Cody wasn't in it but I wouldn't have been surprised if he did make it and win it but yeah no the end of that was electric and PJ you alluded to it we're gonna get to it now that all-star game we were doing all this shit talking during the draft <laughs> and looking at them announcing the lineups before the game started you would have thought <sighs> you were gonna win by 60 they're calling out the lineups I knew John wasn't gonna be there I knew Sam Clifford wasn't going to be there. But what Joey told me was that because Sam Clifford wasn't there, Zach Tartaglia was going to step in. Zach Tartaglia wasn't there. Uh, who else wasn't there? Brendan Reddington wasn't there. I Jose. just had, I had, Jose oh, yeah, wasn't yeah, there. Jose I had, there. I had werewolves level attendance for the all-star game. <laughs> and I thought I was going to get absolutely clapped. But as soon as like the first or second highlight in the first quarter, as soon as I see Spence Freeman hit a three in the first quarter, I was like, this is locked up. I am winning this no matter what. I want to know what you had to think of this, PJ, because you had to watch it live and in person. I, I will say I was my team was full of mostly multiple time all-stars other than Gian and, and Depina. And um, and they were like, because your whole team, you had like six guys. Oh, five guys, five guys. I had five. Well, I had four, but I'll talk about it. I'll pull up the box score. Late edition Hachi Amini, who I did throw a vote for, but he wasn't selected initially. But because of all the attendance, it's like the Major League Baseball All-Star game. You end up getting like 85 All-Stars that get announced. But Hachi's the late fill-in. 
and the snub for MVP, in my opinion. Absolutely snubbed, by the way. Um, <laughs> Should have gotten it, dropped almost 40 points. Literally, we couldn't stop them. Um, but what I was going to say is, like, I think, one, Heston was saying that, like, they were able to get into kind of a flow because there was only five guys. So, they, you know, they were out there for longer doing their thing. But at the same time, I don't know what, for what reason, your team was playing, like, real defense for all four quarters all four i and guess. and my guys were like screw it we're just going to kind of chill till the fourth quarter and i was like yeah i mean it's an all-star game that's usually what happens but uh and i think you could probably see it in the actual box score like i bet you the first three quarters were a pretty big separation compared to yeah the quarter two and then qu- yeah quarter four is pretty bad too but i mean yeah. quarter two is really what killed us we were just kind of chilling and doing their thing and just trying to take some shots and then we really tried picking it up end of the third going into the fourth, but uh, fourth quarter, we outscored you by 10 uh, and even in the third quarter outscored by two, but that second quarter, yeah, you really won the us. second half, won the second half. But I, I told them after halftime, I was like, I guess we got to start playing defense and actually trying to trying to do some stuff here because you guys were locking it up really trying. So uh, they went for it. Their goal was to just not get hurt, but you know, it was fun. It's an all-star game and yeah. it was fun to see some guys go off. Charles Correa, my MVP though, for, for my team. Oh least. yeah. If you guys had won, he would have been the the pick for me. Cause I think you guys shot something like 20% from three, but he had, I think he had all but one of your makes from three. Cause Gian went like one for 11 from three. Yeah, I think he made, he made like 10 or something like that. No, seven for 16 for Charles. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, pretty good. Well, what I will say is you said, what'd you say? I said some, no, some of the threes he hit were crazy. Oh, yeah. They were contested but, um, as all hell, yeah. You were talking like during the draft about your spark plug scores off the bench, and you picked Jared and Cody to be your spark plugs off the bench, and they went 0 for 7 from 3. <laughs> well, my spark plug off the bench was Charles Correa because and I kind of stole him at the end of the draft. Depina played well, uh, too, but, you know, to be my spark plug off the bench, Charles absolutely stepped up. I heard he's trying to go back to Puerto Rico to play again. Um, he can just hoop, dude. When Whenever he's in the headspace to actually play basketball, he's just, like, ridiculous. But I think he's really trying uh, to get back to to being in that kind of zone of, of playing at a very high level. And, I mean, you're seeing it. Like, he looks great when he's out there. Like, quick, making great passes, uh, shooting the ball, like, over people, like, effortlessly. So it was pretty cool to watch. Um, especially when as someone who doesn't have the ability to do those kinds of things, it's pretty cool to watch. And the last thing that I'm going to bring up, everybody was ripping on me for it during the draft. We get through four rounds, we get our starting lineups. And then my first pick off the bench is only the fame's Jaron Thomas. And all you keep hearing is, I don't know if he had to go this early. Dan's either going to blow him out or he's going to lose by 60. Uh, I don't know. If, like He could have waited. I don't know if PJ's planning something. I knew what I was doing. And then I put up the MVP odds and I put him at plus 1200 and everyone's like, what's he doing there? I knew what I was doing. Jaron Thomas takes home all-star game MVP. Unrightfully so, by the way. Unrightfully so. Like I will say, we pulled up the box score and we only had the four guys who were originally named to my roster that showed up. Hachi steps in and he dropped, I think it was like 34, 36 points, something like that. He absolutely went off. Like, and I think he shot maybe over 50% from three. It was absurd the way that kid was shooting the ball. Um, so you kind of got lucky with a, with a steal there because he's definitely a microwave scorer, as we know. 
I voted for him for an all-star as well. I know you did too. So we weren't surprised, um, but I, and they didn't want to give him the all-star MVP because he wasn't named an all-star initially. But I mean, if you go into the all-star game and you drop almost 40 points, you're pretty much an all-star. As long as you got votes, I think you're an all-star. I think he deserves oh, definitely it. in my opinion. Uh, okay. So that's all-star night. That's the finals. We got the awards this week as well. So I want to hear your, either of your opinions on them. Like, do you think anybody was snubbed from any of the all league teams? Or is there somebody that you think should have not been there that was there vice versa? I want to know what your thoughts are. Yeah. Give us, give us a pull up Dan or, or, or I was going to say, Pete, I mean, you're, you're just playing Madden Pete. I am in the background of playing Madden. It's a big, it's a big game no, for I know. the franchise. Um, I want what were like the major awards though. We know Gian got MVP. Most oh, yeah. improved so was Colin up from the top. Oh, Gian takes home MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Jeff takes home Defensive Player of the Year. Brian is the fifth man. Collins most improved, and then Devin Pina is Rookie of the Year. But like, do I have a biased opinion to say that I still think Brian should be again back to back to back to year? I voted for Brian as well. And I love I voted Jeff. for Jeff, but I voted for Brian. I think, yeah, I, yeah, no, I think it was definitely a lot closer. I think also the werewolves made it seem at first, but dude, there is just something that's so crazy about how Brian defense. It's such an defense. Like he's so like lanky, but quick at the same time, beating some fast. Half the time he made. And the person shot, no idea it was Brian that blocked him. He was just not close to them. But I mean, I think I think it was well deserved. Jeff, someone he's just a guy too from all of us. We actually grew up watching Jeff play. Pretty cool. So crazy. I think because we always talk about like I always say when the interns look at who they're going to vote for they might want to rely too heavily on like looking at the stat sheet and everyone's like, Oh, stats aren't everything. But like, if you're making the argument for a guy like Brian to win defensive player of the year, he leads the league in pretty much every defensive category year in and year out. So it's like, if that's what the stats say, like, what does it say? Like when you watch it live and when you watch it live, it's really, it's really something else. The, the thing for me, why I gave my vote to Brian as opposed to Jeff. And like I said, I think Jeff's a great defender. I love Jeff. I obviously drafted him to my team, but um, he, he doesn't guard as many positions as Brian. Brian guards all four guys on the right. court. Jeff right. guards the bigs usually, but, you know, and he struggles to keep up with the guards. You're not going to see Jeff guarding Gian, but Heston's going to guard everybody's best player, no matter what position they're at center point guard. And it's, that's why I gave him my vote. Cause that's ridiculous. That's not something you see. He literally can guard every position on the floor. Um, so I, I, Gina, I'm with you, but um, clearly the interns aren't. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Hey, but- I gave, I gave Jeff the vote and I think, he's the one that falls into that category where it's like the stats say one thing, but watching him's another thing. Like he definitely is a guy, like even if he's not direct, like you don't want to go into the paint against Jeff. I don't no, think. absolutely not. The other thing that I think is interesting. I mean, we look at the all league teams. We've got Gian, Brian, Devin, and John making first team. Um, who made second team? Second team was Cody, Colin, Vinny, and Jeff. And then this is also the first year we had an all-rookie team. We have Gian, we have Devin, we have Sam from the Werewolves, and we have Andrew from the Ozone Boys. 
I got to like, I know Jaron Thomas slumped and I know I'm, I'm riding the high right now because he was my, my MVP last week, but I feel like there was a little bit of a snub there for the all rookie team. Yeah. I think, I think you could have taken out Andrew Kavang. He only had a few good games. Um, I mean, he's a good player at the end of the day, but it's like, I think yeah. I mean, if we're doing an all rookie team for best rookies, I think he was like second in the league in points per game or third, actually. Jaron, you're saying. Yeah, Jaron was, I think. Right. Yeah, no, I think he got snubbed from the all-rookie team for sure. I mean, he was literally in the MVP discussion after the first couple of weeks, so I don't know how you snub him from that. He was there every week. Andrew Kavang wasn't, you know, I think that's something you got to consider. Um, I, I would say Jaron probably got snubbed from that all-rookie team, uh, but I like the first and second teams as well, so I, I don't think that they're too bad, but um, the rookie team for sure is where I would have made some swaps. I don't think I would have swapped anything else though for those all all defensive mm-hmm. or all first second teams, you know, et cetera. Who and I think the thing with what were you saying? Uh, who else could have had a case? That's my like for the all rookie team. No, for most improved. Oh, for most uh, improved. Most improved. Because uh, I mean, the terror like. Was he, like he made, like, you know, he was still playing this league, no? I mean, I gave my vote to Jared Gansert because I think the numbers uh, don't show it. The numbers don't really necessarily show it, but I think he was much more involved in your offense this year than he was any other year. So I saw him making some great passes, uh, doing his thing up. So he got my vote. Um, I think Colin's always been a good player. So him getting a little bit better wasn't surprising and not much of an upgrade. Um, you know, like when Vinny won most improved, he went from scoring 15 points a game to almost 30, you know? Yeah. So like, that's a huge jump, but like Jared made a huge jump as far as like being a contributor to a team where he wasn't doing anything to like, you could start him and he'll make a pretty big impact. So he got my vote. That's who I would have given most improved to. I think fifth man of the year being Yars was the easiest selection out of everything. Um, didn't start a game all year until the playoffs. Um, you know, that, that was a lock. Gian being MVP was a lock. I would have given him rookie of the year and MVP as opposed to offensive player of the year and MVP and would have given uh, Devon offensive player of the year. But I guess when you're, when you're leading the league in scoring, you kind of have to give him that. Um, realistically, how many weeks are we going to go through where we don't get his name pronunciation right? Devin Devon Pina, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done this bit. We've done uh, this bit. But, you know, I, I think I know Joey doesn't like to give double awards, and he did. He did, get, did it to Heston when Heston won two. He did it for Gian, but I think you might have had with the kind of historic of a season that Gian had, I would have argued giving him three, to be honest with you. I would have given him. MVP, if you're going to win MVP, you're also the rookie of the year if you're a rookie winning the MVP. You know, right. so I think that's that's easy. That's a no-brainer. You have to give him that. Though, If you're a rookie and you win MVP, you have to get at minimum both. And then if he's also leading the league in scoring, how do you not give him all three? It's like in 2K when you're playing with Giannis and he wins MVP, defensive player of the year, you know, all that all that crap. But, I, I you know, like I, I think – he should have gotten all three, to be honest with you. And then, uh, you know, which snubs Devin, but, you know, in reality, Gian set how many records this year? So I think it was like seven or eight. I think I, I was the one I updated all the sheets for Joey and it was like 
points in a game, uh, field goals made in a game, field goals attempted in a game, blocks in a playoff game, points in a season. It was like, it was a lot. A ton. Points in a game, 90, that one game. Feeding off of that, as we look ahead to the next season, obviously there's always a lot in the air. We never know who's going to come back, who's not going to come back, or who's going to be on a different team, everything like that. What do you think are some key assuming everybody comes back except for the werewolves what do you think are like going to be the key like storylines like my thing is was Gion's production sustainable because you got to assume they're going to come back they don't like that they lost in the semis they're going to maybe try to add a few pieces if they come back and they're better is that production that he had as a three seed a sustainable business model for the Rhode Island Warriors I don't know Gino what do you think here I don't know. I think I think a lot changes from your first season to your second season in the league. I think you your first season much. It takes a while to get a play style. Even just like the, some people like come in and shoot like just the play style of having the four v four full full like running up and down. I think by the end they really got that to click. Um, so I do think they're to add people I don't necessarily think they need to though I mean we saw them with Law uh, in that final game and honestly that's all you can ask for once you get game at the end but especially in the playoffs like that where Lob even said it, it was like playoffs is a different beast and if you can if you fight with that beast that Lob's So I don't think they need anybody, but I think they're going to pick some with them. Yeah, and I guess the big thing there is it all depends on who comes back, who doesn't. Because, I mean, you always see with, like, the bad teams that they don't want to come back. But then again, you always get some iteration of, of only the fan basket hounds every year. Yeah. Um, there's, always, there's always a rotating team that's 0-10, which the fact that Bogey Kicks did get a win in the, in the playoffs was beyond me. But – um. Now, Pete, I want to ask you this one because I'm not there, so I'm not able to do as much of the general manager duties as I used to. What's the key for the Douyes boys? Because you have back-to-back years where we go undefeated in the regular season, and then you have a finals loss, and then you have a semifinals loss. So what's the key for our team to try to get over that hump and maybe beat Lob in a finals, which we haven't done? Well, I think it starts with staying together. I don't know if we have to shake things up too much in order to be contenders. I mean, we literally haven't lost a regular season game in two years. We have two losses in two years, and they both in the playoffs, which sucks. Um, You know, some guys just not having a great night. I think by the end of the year, everyone's tired, Um, you know, but the reason we got so many guys like that is because even on Johnny's off night, which we saw against the werewolves, Vinny had a pretty rough night. You had a guy like Brian Yars who literally without him, we're not even in the game, uh, just going off, hitting a couple threes down the stretch, the three to tie it, to send it to overtime. Um, you know, and I, I realistically think we're, we're a bench technical away from the, the, the energy not shifting in that game. I mean, Gino will probably agree with that. That was a four-point swing to start overtime with the bench technical because the ref didn't like something that Verducci said who wasn't even in the game. Um, which we were a little bit upset about, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, whatever happens happens. And if you leave the game to the refs, you're not doing your job. I I've always been told that, but 
you know, I think that was the swinging point for us. So if that doesn't happen, maybe it's a different outcome. Um, you know, I think we had all the momentum going into our game in the, in the over, in overtime. Um, and then it just kind of got away from us, you know, in an unfortunate way, but, um, you know, I, I think just continuing to keep the guys that we have and doing our thing and whether that's adding one or one piece, maybe, um, to give those starters a little bit more of a relief. Um, you know, <clears throat> I think Shane's going to start resorting to that bench role. I think his, his body's getting a little bit older and, and he even kind of wants to start doing that. So whether that means starting Yars and, and getting another bench body or, um, you know, putting someone else out there and letting Brian do his thing off the bench with Shane, uh, you know, we'll kind of see, but, um, I don't know if we have to shake things up a ton in order to, to stay competitive, but, you know, we'll see what Lob brings back next year. We'll see what we bring back next year and then kind of go from there. And now what I think about, because now I got you, I got Gino talking about it. My thing is like, we've always said we wanted Brian to get the illustrious championship. I want John to get the illustrious MVP. And I think if that happens, then if, I mean, they could go like four and four. I don't know how many games they're going to have, but I mean, I want, I want to see John get that first MVP. That's all. That's all that I desire. Yeah. I think, I think, it, I think it's coming at some point. I mean, Johnny's young. He's got plenty of, you know, life left in him to keep making MVP pushes, but you know, this wasn't the year that I would have advocated for him to win MVP, to be honest with you. There have been other years where I thought he's deserved it much more. Um, but, you know, I think he'll 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 still be able to make those pushes. He, he's still the best player on our team. I don't think anyone would argue that. Um, Justin, you know, being able to make an impact even when he's not scoring. He does everything. He's our point guard. He's, you know, he's pretty much everything. He's been there since day one for the GA's boys, and we socked and won two games. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's coming for him. I hope it does. He's got a finals MVP, which I'm pretty sure that's, he cares about that more than winning a regular season MVP. But, uh, you know, I'd like to see him as his friend, as his teammate, get that. Um, I think a lot of people, I don't think there's anybody in the league that doesn't like Johnny. He's pretty quiet. Doesn't say too much. So, um, you know, I think everyone would like to see him win an MVP, but hopefully it comes soon. Um, you know, he just hit his thousandth point second fastest to do it. As we talked about, he's definitely one of those guys when his career is done, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame for Legacy Leagues, no doubt. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we'll just kind of see how that goes. All right. Well, we've covered a lot. I feel like we kind of kind of bulled through it all. But, I mean, we covered everything we needed to cover. I've had three exams – or I've had two exams so far this week. I've got two more coming up. So, I think it's best we cap it here. It's been a great season. It's been a great run for the werewolves. It was a great run on at least nine of the 10 teams part this season, but you know, that's going to do it for uh, the summer 22 season. I mean, if you guys, Pete, if you want to give it one word to encapsulate this season, what would you say? One word you're putting me on the spot here, huh? Yeah. Um, sensational. I'm going to go with my quote, my boy future <laughs> say sensational and, and cap it at that. What about you, Gino? That I'd be to how. Yes, sir. He wrote it on his dunk contest board. He, he he's keeping the memory of the werewolves alive. I'd probably go with well, elevated. Elevated. Why? Like ele we keep bringing it. Keep bringing up the energy every year. I mean, I think we've had somebody break the scoring record 
three of the last four years every year. It just seems like even those middle of the pack teams can beat a top team any given night. It's just, it's gotten a lot better. And I like to see where we're headed. I mean, it's definitely not like, I don't mind that like summer 2019, I think there were like 14 teams in the league. I don't care about how many teams we have. I care about the quality and the quality was definitely elevated this year compared to years past. Danny, would All you right, like well, to give that's... us one final, one final piece of advice, one final sign off for the people like you usually do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just going to give it the old slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. It's been a great season. Thank you, PJ, for joining me all season. Thank you to all of our guests for joining us throughout the season, especially Gino today. Uh, you know what they say, hate to see you go, but you love to watch you leave. So yep. that's going to do absolutely. it for the summer 22 of the Low Post podcast.